This is the Things We Do podcast, a podcast about film life, television, culture, mental health, and all that fun, jazzy stuff. Today, I've got my special guest and friend, Alana Gregg. Hello. 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 I got it. I got it. <laughs> you did. First go. Uh, yeah, I, I've, I've fucked that many times. <laughs> no, don't worry. Everyone, um, so many times, I'll say Alana, and they'll be like, yes, Alana. Oh, really? And I'll be like, no, Alana. And they can't, you can't hear it, especially English people can't hear that. Is that because as English people, we're just dumb? No, no, no. <laughs> as in like people from England. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, that, that too. But like they, they struggle with the accent. Whereas like apparently it's Irish. So if you say it in an Irish accent, it makes sense. Right. But okay. like with a, I found like friends who are especially from like Northern England find it so difficult <laughs> to actually say Alana, like it's not a phonetically right in their mouth. Interesting. I know, I know. This is what you need for the podcast, right? I know, just a a phonetic breakdown of my name. Yeah, I feel like we were talking about it for like two minutes prior to recording. (laughs) I mean, it's fascinating. It is fascinating. Um, (laughs) Gotta process that. So, for the people of the internet who don't know who you are, tell everyone a bit about who you are and what you do. Um, well, uh, I guess uh, professionally, I am an editor slash edit assistant because you got to make the money, and um, and I've been living and working in Sydney for I guess the past. When did I come here? Well, I was nineteen, so I guess the past ten year, ten eleven yeah. years. Um, yeah, I've just I came came to Sydney with a dream uh, <laughs> and it <laughs> fell flat on its right yeah, pretty much no I I, I went to uh, UTS and did the media arts course um, yeah. and then I uh, kind of just got into editing mainly because I knew Final Cut and that's kind of like <laughs> that's a very unique software to like <laughs> to know. I remember in year 12 I literally I Oh, I'm such a nerd. I bought the <laughs> manual for Final Cut, and over the holidays, I read that. And the entire I, thing? I did, and I learned Final Cut for my year 12 thing, and so then I already knew it, and then um, I went to, uh, after I finished mm. UTS, I had no idea what I was doing with my life. I uh, applied for afters and got in for editing, and... Went there for a year and that was like the beginning of it kind of just. Yeah. And from then on, just slowly been mainly working as an assistant, editing short films as I go. But yeah, um, yeah it's just, it's been good. And now finally, I feel like I'm, I've worked enough as an assistant that I'm finally <laughs> getting to um, edit in TV and stuff. So, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's been so long but it's kind of cool like being an edit assistant you kind of it's um it's kind of a different job than it used yeah. to be so a lot of people i'm i'm going to all the young editors out there you do not need to be an edit assistant you don't don't do it <laughs> don't make it as a career goal. I actually actually i remember it after one of the tutors there i yeah. said to him i was like oh because he was working on um he was going on to the blinky bill movie mm. which was my first 
assistant job out mm. of afters. And he was like, why do you want to be an assistant? And I was like, oh, I just want to get into the field. He's like, you you don't need to be an assistant. <laughs> and I was like, but I couldn't figure out any other way. Like yeah. it's kind of it's kind of hard in Australia to kind of figure it out. Now I actually see what he was saying. He was like, just start, just go be yeah. an editor. Don't even just start cutting. Just just figure it out. <laughs> like that's yeah. Because he's like, there's, it's not a pathway anymore. So I'm telling all you editors out there, just start being an editor. Just, yeah. Just teach yourself the program because you'll eventually get an assistant and they'll know all the technical stuff. <laughs> so don't worry about that stuff. As long as you understand story, you will be fine. <laughs> it's, it's interesting that you say that because, like, my part of my career was doing like editing for short films of, um, and stuff. And I know a lot of news editors, like that mm. is predominantly a lot of my friends in the industry are news editors mm. or like drama editors. One of the things that I find like everyone's like, wow, well, you like editing, do news editing. I'm like, it, no, it's the most boring thing in the mm. world because there's no, you just slap things together and mm. let it go. And there's no like critical judgment. It's of, about speed. It's about, <laughs> it's about knowing how to push the buttons. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like, I feel, I remember like a lot of people just going, oh, editing is like, oh, I don't understand anything about post. And it's like editing is one of those things that you just sit and watch the same thing mm-hmm. a thousand times. Yes. Yeah. And, and what's worse, I don't know if you do this, but you know when you watch a film mm-hmm. and you notice all the edits? And you, uh, you, and, you and, shouldn't. And, yeah, you shouldn't. <laughs> but you start to notice them like when like, they're bad. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's kind of, I feel like. When you watch a movie, there's kind of like a rhythm it's making. And when it goes against the rhythm it makes, that's what kind of immediately takes you out. And some people do that, obviously, on purpose to be like, make you feel uncomfortable. But sometimes when you're like, oh, you should not, you should, why are we cutting away? Oh, why are we in a close up? What's happening? Right yeah. Now? <laughs> like, My brain is not covering. Yeah. Like, yeah, you kind of have to make, that's like, editing is kind of, it's very, um, I think it's related a lot to, uh, I had a teacher once, she's like, editing is related closely to movement and dance mm. and stuff. So it's all about rhythm. And a lot of people like to get into like, um, we do it at this cut because um, in the storyline here, it's, it's a very an emotional impact. Whereas I like to look at it as kind of every editor is different because every editor has a different rhythm. Yeah. So like, they see the story in a different way. Um, so when you're cutting, you're usually just cutting. The best cut is that first cut yeah. because you're just literally being instinct. And mm. then you kind of get to play with it and find new ones. But, like, that's the best part of it is that first time when you slap it all together and you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> what did I just make? <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> what have I done? Oh, look at that. I didn't know that would happen. Yeah. Oh, that's great. <laughs> like, so um, it, it's an interesting field. And I think I got into it mainly because I liked, I liked writing. And then I feel like editing is kind of, you get to rewrite it again. Yeah. But you don't have to actually write it. <laughs> no. <laughs> You don't have to do any really. You don't have to do actually any real writing, but you get yeah. to kind of be like, 
oh yeah, no, that doesn't work anymore. Yeah. We got to figure this out. So you, you know the thing that I love they say about editors though is like we're the directors of the film that the director like relies on because mm-hmm. it's true. Yeah, we do all the fucking heavy lifting. <laughs> Um, yeah. And I mean that in the nicest possible way to anyone who's a director out there, but they're like, oh, this is my vision. And I'm like, I totally get you. Yeah. You have a vision. Absolutely. Like directors as their job are visionaries. Like they see yeah. The, the, yeah. the, from the writing process to the end of the process. But the one thing they don't all get is how things block entirely together when they they sit in a post. Then. Yeah. And sometimes I think my favorite ones were whenever I sat down with a director and they'd be like, oh, I want this shot to go here. And it's like, yeah, but that doesn't cut. And they'd be like, mm. oh, show me. And I'd show them and they'd be like, oh, yeah, fuck, okay. Um, And I was like, do you want me to go back to what I actually yeah. did before? And like, <laughs> They always need yeah. to see it. Yeah. They always need <laughs> to be like, um, I understand, but can you just show me just so I can, yeah. I can settle my brain? I'm like, okay, all right. <laughs> All right, it's a very like it's a very it's a weird role because I well I feel like some editors aren't like this, but I feel like majority of editors usually have a, like a very nurturing kind yeah. of spirit because they kind of they literally get the director or producer in their worst um, personal state, like mental yeah. state. Yeah, they've just finished the shoot. They hate everything that has just happened. Now they have to watch all the footage back and realize that nothing is what they wanted it to be. <laughs> and you have to basically like coax them back and be like, no, come on, we still like it. Like, this- it's fine. <laughs> Even though part of you is just yeah. going, no, <laughs> no, no, no. But like, it's, 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 um, I like that there's this kind of thought with like the editing director relationship is like when the editor starts their like mind is open to every possibility and the director is completely closed like they only see one way of how it can possibly look and the editor can see every way and then by the end the editor can only see one way and the director yeah. has had so much time away from it, usually, unless they've been sitting there the entire time, which wow. sometimes they do. But usually they've, like, had so many other opinions and stuff that they can kind of see lots of different possibilities again. And the editor is like, why don't you like what I gave you? <laughs> and then ha- the editor has their extension, <laughs> yeah, extension yeah, crisis. Yeah, the editor's like, I don't want to do anymore. <laughs> I like, hate my, my guts. <laughs> Please. Oh yeah. my god, I've experienced that so many times. <laughs> yeah, the end where you're like, I don't want to. Oh, that's a good note, but I don't want to do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I think the first one, the first ever film I edited out of uh, TAFE um, was this film that was ended up being like, you know, it was okay. It was a fine film. It was 20 minutes in length, but it was one of those things that it was like, there were definitely gaps in it where it was like the director hadn't shot, like mm. it had had to rush off to Brazil. And so we were left with what essentially was scene to scene to scene to scene, but there was nowhere yeah. of establishing shots to when they changed scenes. Yeah. And we're like, okay, well, we need something in between. Yeah. So m- myself and the DOP went out to film extra fill-ins. Yeah. And then I'd take that back to the editing room, edit it in. That's the dream, right? I know, right? I was like, <laughs> yeah, I get to direct and to decide what we do. We need more stuff. I am going to go get more yeah. stuff. <laughs> um, and I mean, like, obviously that doesn't always happen. Sometimes no. you just got to deal with what you've got. But yeah. I mean, like, the unique scenario is when I made that look schmick. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
But there, there's definitely been scenarios where I've I've gotten a scene and like they've not thought about coverage mm. or like they've only shot it at one angle or they've realized like um like that's one things that I feel like us as people we're very valuable in, in different yeah. ways because we point out when things are like oh there's how much coverage have she got and they're like oh I got heaps and then you look at the Russian and you're like have you no. <laughs> like. Oh, five shots here and it's uh and none of them are actually facing the other way which you kind of needed and they're like oh fuck like yeah um or some scenes that all the same shot or, like oh the, yeah or when they're like no this was all meant to be in one shot i'm like oh no <laughs> <laughs> oh no this mm, this shot is no <laughs> this shot needs to be cut out of because i'm sorry this isn't gonna hold i'm sorry like that's when you have to what um Kill their babies, kill their children. What is it? Yeah. <laughs> what are like you drowning I children? Feel, I feel like it. Yeah. When that's always like, you got to kill your children. Yeah. You yeah. Kill your <laughs> uh, you can have one. You can have one by the end, but not not twenty. I'm sorry. It's. I feel sorry for them a lot of the time. Yeah. Like, I mean, I mean, like, because I've directed stuff, but mostly the stuff I've directed is mm. being my own stuff. Yeah. So when editing it. I know exactly what babies I'm going to kill. Like, yeah. You, you yeah. know the children you're sacrificing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But a lot of the time I've worked with directors who come from theatre backgrounds mm. or like, you know, um, and I find that time, if they don't have a lot of film knowledge, it generally go. I just, I stress, or they come from like writing backgrounds. They mm-hmm. don't come from directing backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And that drives me mental. And I don't yeah. know why because... I, I think I do know why. It's because they don't plan enough. Yeah. But when you come from all this other, yeah, like, you know, areas, it's just like you can see the producer and myself, the editor, just stressing for yeah. the fact that the director just goes, oh, just make it work. And it's like, what does that mean? Uh, honestly, I think actually some of the best directors um, are ones who have been cinematographers rather than I've I've yeah. worked with directors who've been editors and I find that like they're they're good in terms of coverage but they've already pre-edited yeah. it in their head so then they're like we don't need more shots because I have edited it already <laughs> so you just need to do it how I've already done it in my head I'm like uh okay just you've been here do you remember <laughs> you know you have to get more shots but I feel like directors uh, who have come from cinematography kind of understand they they know the language yeah and then at least but also they don't know editing enough so you can at least push a little bit back <laughs> the yeah um and i think it's best i honestly think it's good if a director learns some yeah. one craft on set because like as a director you're kind of yeah, your creative vision, but the, you are basically a massive project manager yeah. on set. Like that's pretty much what's happening. And so the cinematographer and the um, like art department and all that, they actually are physically doing something rather than just you saying what's in your head. I know, right. It's- <laughs> so it's better get to... to uh, uh, I'm giving so much knowledge to young directors. <laughs> go, go learn something yeah. about it. So at least when you have a conversation with someone, not that telling them that you already know like how to do their job, but it's more that you can talk to them on their level. 
Yeah. And then you kind of get an understanding of why when you say something, they look at you with an exasperated face of why are you asking me to do this? And you go, I know it's difficult. I know exactly why it's difficult, but I still need you to do this for yeah. me kind of thing. Like it just kind of, um, it, it, I think it just kind of helps in the long run. Yeah. Also, it just makes it less boring for you. Like you get a little, you can try other things. You can kind of, yeah. Yeah, I think I think I think that's very true. I feel like I, when I sort of like was one of my teachers, and he was very adamant about um, you know just reading books on writing and mm. you know when it, and costume design mm. and editing and cinematography just and sound design and sound editing like it was just like he was like know as much before you kind of go into directing mm. because there's always something new to learn and I think there's always those you know I think every time you go into a project there's something always new there's always something new Mm. and some new experience that will make you go oh okay shit I didn't think of that um and I think a lot of the time like uh recently I worked on an animated thing and you go through like when you work with someone who does animation you really Go through everything in reverse. It's so yeah, weird. Anyway, it's, it's so weird. Um, <laughs> and like the one thing is like as an editor, you kind of, okay, you got to work with the like audio files and the visual files and mm. edit that. But we- <laughs> I had the experience of the animator was also the director uh. and explaining communication between someone who's animating and directing it mm-hmm. does not help. <laughs> <laughs> communication just gets lost along the wavelength. And one of the things was we discussed uh, like, oh, okay, well, do a transcript of this lines of dialogue or tell me which clips you want of the lines of dialogue. Didn't ever tell me. He just clipped it all out and put it in the animation. And I was like, oh, awesome. Can you tell me where the raw files are so I can clip them up and start EQing? And he was like, why would you need that? And I'm like, oh, no. oh I need those for sound. But he didn't know anything about sound. Like he didn't know the importance of sound design. Oh, so no. it was like. I need those WAV files. And he's like, oh, can't you use the animated files? I'm like, they're compressed already. Mm. Like, they're already compressed. And it's, mm. I've lost information from them. Mm. <laughs> like, oh, no. That, that <laughs> makes me stressed just hearing that. <laughs> that but, just... like, I've, I've also worked on films where, you know, people don't look at the cameras and stuff. And, they, you know, like, mm. they've shot on di- different, you know, like, um, one film I'm looking at at the moment was shot and they decided to turn raw off on the camera and shoot in the color. Um, and it's for a short film for a friend, mm-hmm. but I'm still like, why on earth would you do that? Because <laughs> raw is like more data and more information full to grade. See that I'm like, turn raw off. <laughs> Make my transcoding much shorter than it is. <laughs> but raw is useful as grading. It is useful in something that needs it. Yes. But if you are doing a tiny, like, <laughs> you're doing something tiny that's just going up on, like, Facebook, don't. Oh, no. I'm like, if just, it's just for Facebook, don't even bother. You're like, what are you doing? Why are you sending me raw files? <laughs> so, uh, sorry. 4K raw files. Flashbacks. <laughs> It's the best thing. I think I've had so many traumatic experiences <laughs> where I have not known it's raw until I receive the files. And I'm like, oh, great. Okay. Well, that's two days done for me. <laughs> like, oh, that's a day done for all well, this back in the day. Oh and my I'm God. like, 
I'm like, oh Jesus. Uh you guys this is this is like a two handed handed drama. What are, what are you like going what colors what are you doing in this like that needs optimism that? there's nowhere to shoot, shoot why are we shooting this in 4k there's nowhere to screen it like, nowhere not now there's places that like obviously streaming and stuff has 4k now but it's but like who's watching but like, like but no one's watching it what are you doing because I need all the no you don't it's so funny when people are like, oh, 4K. I'm like, do you really notice the difference? Do you actually, as a they punter? Don't. I, I realized that no one noticed the, dis- the difference when I watched The Hobbit. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, this is insane. This frame rate, like, this looks ridiculous. And I turned to my parents and they go, looks the same as other films. And I was like, oh, no one knows. <laughs> oh, my God. No one cares. <laughs> like, no. It doesn't matter. It was no like, one can see. <laughs> you know, the worst thing was reading the article and I remember just reading it and going, oh, Peter Jackson's done 48 frames per second. I was like, why? Why? Especially when everything is like you've got all these uh, dwarves with makeup that does not look good in that frame rate. Looks like and, a BBC and- um, <laughs> Like costume drama. I just like also that the cinema had to have the excuse of like, okay, well, we're going to have one session in 24 frames per second and the yeah. other one in 40. <laughs> like, they're like special screening. I, I was actually so excited to see. Um, yeah, it was It was the first. Yeah, it was three movies, wasn't it? Yeah. the. No, <laughs> I don't know why. Actually, I forgot it was. I remember going to see it, the second one with my best friend. And I'd forgot it was three movies. And then just like three quarters of the way through, we both realized that we weren't getting to the end of the book. And we were like, so, we were like, oh, no. Oh, my God. What is happening? No, we're still not there. And we were just angry for the, the whole end of the film. But uh, no, I was so excited for the first one because I, I think I, I was with my family in America and I made them go to a Dolby Atmos this is this is way back, guys. <laughs> Dolby <laughs> Atmos had just come in, and there was only one, like there was only a couple of cinemas, even in America at that time, that wow. had it. And I was like, "Dad, I, I need, I need." The Hobbit is the first film that's like really made for this. I really want to hear it. And look, to be fair, it it was pretty great. Like <laughs> it was, like the Gollum scene in Dolby Atmos was. If you don't know what it is, it's basically there's like so many um, speakers around. It kind of makes you feel like you're immersed. You're in immersed it, in yeah. it. So like when those when he's in the cave and he's like speaking from everywhere. Oh god, it just made you because that was the best scene in that in that that whole trilogy. But like, I <laughs> <laughs> happened in the first film. Like, it was yeah, all downhill after that. I, I know, but it was so cool. But yeah, it made me realize that. Um, yeah, the. Most people don't realize. Most people like even when they watch American like yeah. TV, they like um like news coverage. They like don't realize it's slightly faster or like it's what shot in and stuff like that. Yeah. So, like, well, why are we caring so much if no one? <laughs> I, I think a lot of it's to do with perfectionism. <laughs> I know. It's like, oh, it's it's better. It's better. Oh, I know. Yeah. Oh, fuck no. Actually, that I did have a very traumatic experience oh, okay, once. Yeah. Um I had come these are so these are all very niche stories. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. 
So basically, I'd come, uh, I'd come back to um, afters to usually what the degree was at that time was like there was a degree for every single discipline. I think now it's um, it's all combined in one. Yeah. And um, they if they didn't have enough editors to equal the directors, they'd bring back editors from the previous year to, and they'd pay them to ah. to cut. It was great. Don't do that anymore. <laughs> but it was great. Um, and uh, so I came back and I came. I watched the director's previous exercises and they yeah. were like, you get to choose the director you want to work with. Oh, okay. And I was like, cool. And I watched them all and I was like, that guy did the best scene. I want to work with that guy. And I was like super excited. And I got the script and it was called Demon Baby. And I was like, <laughs> okay. After a flying start. <laughs> and I was like, okay, Demon Baby, all right. And... Basically, this director um, was really into um, horror and specifically, like, torture porn horror. Like, that was his real niche. He loved horror. And the first exercise was basically a two-hander that they had to do. And he directed it so well. I was so impressed. But basically, he came to Afters to fund films in that genre. Right. Okay. Whereas, like, afters for directors, mainly they try to get them to do different exercises, so they, mm. so they explore different types of stories, different. So yeah, they're not just doing the same thing over and over and over again. Um. So basic, the premise for this film was that a woman woke up, uh, and was like thrown about her room and pulled down a hallway and uh, then eventually impregnated with a demon baby. <laughs> but then um, when she gave birth, I think she killed it and it killed – or no, it made her kill herself. <laughs> wow. There we go. So in terms of like costume and production design and – they had a ball. Like it was great. They had the – Best time because you don't get to be on like a lot of like massive like they got the budget to have like a fake belly that inflated and like all this kind of and like the amount of squibs just like it they don't get that chance but he had decided to shoot it um in twenty four frames <gasps> <laughs> the Casper sorry I'm, sorry I just need to process no. this yeah so um uh uh. The way it works is you you do like a post workflow. You do all this stuff saying it's shot in twenty five. It's shot in twenty five. You say to the cinematographer it's shot in twenty five. This is mainly because all the um composers uh they work in uh what's the Apple one? Uh, uh, uh <laughs> what's the Apple software? Software that's not garage, the music. The not one, garage the, uh, band. No, the other one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I, there's I, too many proofs. So, I was oh, like, which one? You got to be niche no, specific. It's <laughs> another one. It's the Apple one. Anyway, the <laughs> Apple one. <laughs> uh, no, there's too many. There's too many. All right, but there's an Apple one that specifically a lot of composers use because it's just easier for them. Yeah, and um, the composers were only doing it in twenty five. That was their that was their thing. Like, yeah. And so I didn't 
I got the footage and I was like bringing it into the project and it was yeah. like uh I went to Transcode and it was like this uh is not this is in a different format. Do you want to <laughs> speed it up or slow it down? Like, how do, do you want to? And I was like, "What do you? What do you? What do you mean? It's in different format." And then I looked, and it was like this. Oh, it was. I felt so bad for him. He did not have a good experience. But it was me then telling the supervisor, who then told the director, and it was like this big hullabaloo. Like it was like intense. What had happened was on the day he just told the cinematographer to do it in 24. So he cha- he basically said, and I asked him why, and he said, that's what film shot in. And I was like, well, you but you're not shooting on film. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and it was like this, It look, to be honest, <laughs> it, it wasn't, it wasn't, it's not going to win any awards, that film. It was it, like, by the end, I was having fun cutting it because it's fun cutting horror it's like um it's yeah. really rhythmic it's like cutting a music video it's it's like it there's so many cues in terms of sound and stuff that it's actually kind of fun to cut yeah but the content is like I was, yeah like for everyone out there like you can i you can go to afters now it's too much money but you can go to afters now if you want <laughs> Mainly because you're just going to meet people who the only good thing about it is that usually the class size is so small that the people that you meet there are usually quite, a, they're just as ambitious as you. Yeah. And so in terms of contacts, they are people that will probably eventually be in positions that can, yeah, like that you will have friends who you will be able to keep like asking for jobs and they can give, you can give them jobs. And it's kind of like, it's in terms of that kind of connecting, it's actually like a really good way to meet um, extremely like-minded people. Like, like a a communications course and an arts course, you usually can find them in there, but afters is like, so like there's yeah. such a small amount you will find a group of people too. yeah that's the, that's the only reason <laughs> no absolutely that makes sense but um, otherwise don't don't pay the money because <laughs> it's too much money <laughs> i only ever applied for afters i think once it's, and it's also like yeah the the application is like super intense it's super intense and they're very <laughs> They wrote me a very nice decline email. Oh, that's good. Yeah, it was very nice. Um, so it was like they, I must have been quite young. I was like 21, 22. Mm-hmm. And sent on this, um, applied for an editing, one of the editing courses. Mm. And I was like, cool, I probably won't get it. And they sent, you know, like they send you over the a scene to edit and sort of like. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, this scene looks cool. I'll edit it. And I just was like, I don't know what, how, what they want from it. Like. No. Like I have no idea. There's oh. no notes. There's no nothing. Just do I go wild? I I look when I did the editing course, the application wasn't even cut. This scene. It was here is six photos. <laughs> put, them, <laughs> put them in order and say like put them in an order and say why you put them in that order. Like that was the <laughs> like what the fuck? <laughs> it was 
It's like make a collage. Hi <laughs> <Yeah>. guys. <laughs> tell me what it means. It's like, like I, and every know. every project I've ever seen that comes out of afters, it's it's great. Like I know quite a few people have done really good projects in afters, but yeah, there was like one experience I volunteered mm. for this group. Yeah, when I was like nineteen, the worst experience, mm. and it was it was not their fault. I met a really nice guy in it who. Um, yeah, I've what, stayed. I've stayed in contact yeah. with, but it, it was one of those experiences where it was like I was. I was such a novice in terms of understanding how film sets worked, mm. and instead of someone walking you through it, none of the people, like the faculty, weren't there the moment you were on set. It was all the students uh, and all the students who were producers and yeah. directors and stuff. So they're all there, not really wanting volunteers not really wanting these extra people who don't yeah. understand how film sets work. So they yeah. weren't actually the only one who was taking me aside was the editor. And he was just like, I'm happy to show you how things go. <laughs> like, You're the nicest person here. Because like you couldn't sit down for very long. Like they'd, they'd get antsy if you weren't doing anything. But I was like literally um, the only role I did was I was meant to be this like behind the scenes person. Mm-hmm. And they had written it as part of their like just something nice that they wanted to do. And they were like, oh, supply your own camera. I was like, I have a handy cam. Sure. And it was like just no audio. Like I didn't have like, so it was all off mic. And I got a bunch of interviews with the actors and stuff and they were all really lovely. But I was just like, none of the crew wanted to be interviewed. Uh, The director wanted to avoid me like a 10 foot pole. (laughs) (laughs) It was just her mother came on set and I was just like, oh, okay. And I was like, oh, hey. And I talked to her mother for like 15 minutes. And she's like, how do you know my daughter? And I was like, I've just met her. Like, this, I'm I'm young. And Um, she was like, and then I noticed she was like, no, mom, don't talk to the strange kid. Like, come here. I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. (laughs) So, yeah, it was like, it was a good 10 years ago, but. You know, it was one of those scenarios that you just kind of go, okay, well, that was a, mm. as a first set experience, not exactly how I thought it would go. No, it is, yeah, it is, it is interesting in that way. Cause like, like obviously I, I think I was only ever on set once and that's cause I, the, the film I was doing, we were doing um, projections and I'd like worked with, I used to do a lot of stuff with projections back mm. at, um, UTS and um, I'd I'd made the video, so I was basically just on set as like the tech person on the day, and uh, that was like um that was a doco, so it was um it was a bit more interesting. But I I heard from a lot of people that it was like you just are expected yeah to to, to know this is what <laughs> happens, <laughs> and like they do pay a lot of people to. Like experience, like script yeah. supervisors and um, ads and stuff. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's yeah, and I don't know what it is like now. Yeah, like because I went to it ten years ago, so yeah, I'm so I mean, old. <laughs> but, I'm so uh, old and ancient. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, it they look it was it was a good experience because it was basically like a. Um, it was, um, I think I got to cut like seven or eight short films oh, in wow, a year okay. because it was like the first year they'd brought in dire- uh, doco directing as well. So yeah. we went back and forth between drama and doco. And after that, I pretty much, I think I enjoyed, like I enjoyed doing the drama stuff and I think I enjoy writing fiction more, but like in terms of cutting 
doco is so i find that stuff so much more fun to do Mm. like doco in itself is because you kind of just are given you're like here is two years worth of everything that i've done now please find a story (laughs) within it and you're like oh okay All right. Well, we get, get we kind of get to discover what we're gonna do with this. All right. Gonna turn this into an hour and a half of entertainment. Yes, it is in five different formats. <laughs> Some of it I shot on my iPhone. <laughs> it is at least in four different frame rates. <laughs> and here you go. <laughs> Make it all work. Okay. Okay, I can do it. <laughs> I promise. But yeah, I th- I I actually think. Um, and I feel like doco editing doesn't get uh, as much praise as yeah. um, uh, drama editing. It's just because like docos don't get as much praise as, as any type of fiction. So same with like animated yeah. editors; they don't get talked about enough at all. And like they're even I like I I know at some animation places they're not seen as as important as the animators, which. To be honest, fair enough. Yes, we're not drawing anything, <laughs> but like they they make they there's so much editing that goes in animation that people don't actually realize because they're like, oh, but they're drawing it. Yeah. Like, oh no, you first first you have to do a radio play, and then you get an animatic, and then you have to find it, make it work with an animatic, <laughs> like you storyboarding and all this stuff before you even get to the when it looks like the pretty pictures <laughs> like, it's so laborious so, yeah it is yeah i don't envy any animator out there um no 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 <laughs> <laughs> it was like when back in high school when they were trying to teach you like how to do flash frames and like mm. um and i was like oh my god <laughs> i like, hadn't even thought about that yeah I, I, I do, you just made me think of it but i was like <laughs> i remember like for some reason, the school faculty, it was the PE teacher who taught animation. Like, for some... What? I know, right? It's a skill on the side. Yeah, yeah. Like, I've got to take fitness <laughs> and teach you about software. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we used to do Flash animation. And, you know, like, the clunkiness of early mm. Flash. Like, I'm talking... People look at Flash animation. It's pretty decent now. But yeah. I'm talking, like, 2010, yeah, 9. Yeah, yeah. It was clunky as shit. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of the time you'd make something that took you forever to make something that was like a minute long. Yeah. Because the cr- software would crash. It yeah. Would, it wouldn't come back. It wouldn't yeah. save your files. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like the whole time it was like it wouldn't memorize what you were doing oh, because you, you know, it worked off keyframes. Yeah. And, uh. and <laughs> just like move my keyframe yeah. every so often. But then if it did, if you like, because mouses were so dodgy back then, <laughs> you scroll too far and you couldn't undo it so easily. So you'd have to like restart occasional or create yeah. control Z. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was, a, I don't miss, <laughs> I don't miss, <laughs> I don't miss the early days of Flash because it wasn't like. Um, I, I remember um, doing an assignment at, at UTS and they made <laughs> us do a doco photo assignment, but we had to edit it in Flash. <laughs> Like we had to make a photo film, mm. like it was like one of those kind of Ken Burnsy kind of things, <laughs> and um, but we had to do it in Flash, and I'm like, why, why? Flash doesn't like audio. Flash doesn't like anything. Like why are we? We're not animating anything. We're literally just putting it on the screen. But yeah. For some reason, they were like, no, 
this is how we're gonna teach you flash i'm like oh. all right uh only, only truly final cuts right <laughs> or any other program other than flash but yeah yeah, yeah. it's like I love although I can't praise Final uh no, I haven't used it in yeah, but the I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. When you mentioned Final Cut before, I was like Final, Final Cut, Cut original guys, Final Cut. Not Final Cut Final X. Final Cut seven. <laughs> Final Cut X was the death of Final Cut. Yeah, it was, but it really was the yeah. death of it. It was kind of crazy how much they were like, Yeah, we're gonna bring it out so all they literally advertised it like so dads can edit all their home videos. Yeah. Because dads are them. <laughs> dads are the market <laughs> for Final Cut. And it's like you had, well, like, what was it? Um, it's that Australian editor who uh, edits edited David Finch's stuff. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Another name for the life um, name, yeah. Him and the other guy, they were, they were Final Cut diehards. Like, yeah. And when it changed and... And everything updated so Final Cut 7 could never work anymore. <laughs> um, they went over to Premiere and Final Cut lost all this, like, and yeah. Premiere then got all this business of them, like, cutting, what, they they cut Daredevil on Premiere. They cut, like, heaps of people that liked Final Cut just moved to Premiere. And yeah. it's like, well, Apple, you just lost a lot of money. Yeah. Like, I mean, I love Premiere. I use it to the yeah. death of me. Um, I prefer it over like Avid, <laughs> which I respect people who like Avid. I respect <laughs> people who like it. It can get fucked in my opinion. <laughs> I like to think so. Premiere. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I use Avid. That's the um, Premiere's. I use Premiere at home and then Avid at work. That's yeah. pretty much it. So... I like to think that Premiere is similar to Final Cut where it's like, Premiere's like, yeah, bring it in, whatever format you want. I don't care. Just yeah. bring it in. I'll sort it out. <laughs> and Abbott's like, no, <laughs> you have to do it this way. Your media has to live here, <laughs> not where you want it, where I want it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have I have great like backdoor stuff, but in terms of interface, <laughs> you will not know where any menus are. <laughs> Uh, all my keyboard <laughs> shortcuts will be totally different than everything else. Yes, but but I I am still great. I am still the industry standard. So whatever. You just really reminded me of how much I hate Avid. <laughs> well, Avid. Look, to be honest, Avid was gonna die until Final Cut died. Yeah. Like Avid was like going bankrupt. It wasn't doing well, and then Final Cut kind of. <laughs> messed up like they really they they um really uh tripped over and avid went cool we'll make ourselves cheaper and then yeah. we'll sell to everyone again i think so. i think like avid for me when <laughs> was like when the teacher was like oh if you want to import your script into here and then like import your media into here and then you can drag like your clips to where the like in oh yeah the- script sync <laughs> yeah script sync <laughs> oh, i was like this is great to a point and which case it's only useful for like interviews <laughs> and that's all really <laughs> like that's it yeah it was like oh do you want to script sync your scenes they're like not real like not mm. after like the 10th time like no. um yeah, like people used to get excited by that. Although mm. uh, one thing I didn't, I found like Premiere did better was when I was in uh, TAFE, I had this project which had 
to like have this sort of fa- not even a fade it was like a transition in it and mm-hmm. I was like I can only do this via cropping because for my basic knowledge at the editing at the time I was like okay I'll just crop and change the contrast so both of them are oh. black and I'll just crop around <laughs> it and we couldn't for the life of us me and the editor she couldn't for the life of us work out how to get, do it in Avid uh. so I had to do it in Premiere and then export the file to go oh. into Avid no, Avid's like effects what <laughs> What do you mean effects? <laughs> it's got it has gotten better. I will say it has it has slightly improved because yeah. all the people who used to run Premiere and have now uh, are now working at Avid. So if you look at Avid more recently, I know you're all looking at Avid more recently. Uh, is com- the look is like going? It looks more and more like Premiere with every kind of update. It's it's kind of crazy. Like the colors are so similar now. It's yeah. It's um, it's it's kind of crazy. No, I haven't like used Avid in so long, but I I do notice like with you know like premiere when they were just like oh by the way we've got creative cloud now mm. and that was a huge busting system for yeah. them like creative cloud is awesome but i did find recently my laptop's 2015 mac oh no and it doesn't <laughs> like anything past 2019 oh, yep, creative yep, yeah, cloud. Yeah. <laughs> it's like what do you mean there's an update to 2021 uh no you no. can't use that <laughs> You need to go back, keep going back. But that's a good thing that you can go, you can usually go back. But um, yeah, it's, look, <laughs> whatever you can cut on is the best thing that you can Just use. Just as long as it's not Final Cut X. As long as, well, look, I know people that like it now. They they yeah. they like the, the new, new one. I still find it really annoying to use because it kind of, it's just annoying. Yeah. Um, and Premiere, in terms of like anything bigger than 20 minutes, yeah. I'm like, oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, like, to be honest, I was talking, I was thinking about this the other day, like, in terms of short films, I haven't really, oh, I know I cut. But basically, I only cut for like one person now because, uh, it just, it gets too hard <laughs> to do stuff on the side. It really does. You get to a point where it's like, everyone's like, oh, you're busy because you have a full-time job. Yeah. Assisting. And so, no, everyone just starts to stop asking you to do things. And you're like. So you're like, I do want to do it. I know I'll be tired and I can only do nights and weekends. <laughs> But please still ask me to do things, please. I'm still here. I still exist. So yeah, I only I only really edit for one person now, and I even him sometimes when he asks me to do stuff, he's like, only if only if you're free. I'm like, I'm all. I don't do anything on the weekends, guys. <laughs> use my time. Use my time. But yeah, he was the one that like, um. I've cut like he's done two musicals and stuff, and yeah. that's kind of um, spruik it uh, on hold, guys. At one flicker fest a couple of years ago, nice. uh, <laughs> uh, and so uh, he's a one that keeps coming back and getting me to do it. It gives me like the creative juices I need as a assist on uh, various. I can't. I I won't say what I'm. What TV show I work on currently. <laughs> wow, that sounded like a very jaded experience. <laughs> no, it's not. Actually, I really love 
whatever but i don't want to i don't uh, no that's fair <laughs> um i i really like where i work <laughs> um but like yeah it's bit like i i I can badmouth farmer once a wife. I never work on farmer once a wife again. I- <laughs> <laughs> um, not not because of the people, but just because it's very it's it's the most. If you've ever worked in reality TV, unless you have that temperament, I find it super depressing. Like it's very depressing. Even even watching <laughs> it's watching it's depressing. But I I have I was lucky enough that I had in I only worked. Farmer's Wife was my first reality TV experience. Yeah. After like eight years. Like, I had managed to avoid reality TV the whole time. Wow. Okay. So, I'd started in animation, then I went to advertising for a bit, went back to animation, and then got into like feature docs and stuff like that. Yeah. And then, uh, the way things worked, like jobs kind of end. And so you kind of, you need a month's work before you go back on. And, um, it, I literally, um, my, um, husband can say, he was like, you came home every day. Sad. Just sad. Just sad. Just sad. It's so, because you literally watch people who are so hopeful yeah. Literally realize what the show is. So, <laughs> because at that point, uh, Farmer Wants a Wife had just come back. And um, ah. so it was a new format. And because of uh, Married at First Sight, the format had to change to kind of compete with that. Because that show is. It's honest, it's the most watched show on Australian television. Can I just say? So can, I, I, I'm sorry. The, <laughs> I've never wa- I don't watch it. But I like... watch the highlights just to see the train wreck <laughs> that is. So it kind of changed. And so there was a lot of people in that first season that kind of realized what they were on. And then I think from then on, people knew what they were getting into. Um, yeah. But it was just, it was just, it was just hard to, yeah. to, to watch, um, I mean, I can bad mouth farmer once a wife because I used to work for nine. And it was it was a nine <laughs> show. Oh yeah, well yeah now yeah seven now. So is it? Oh okay. Oh, I can't bad mouth it then. I'm I'm incorporated <laughs> by a company that it's look. All it's we... still made by Fremantle, but oh, it's okay. um it's still a crappy show. It is. It is. I think it's more that um I think as Australian TV has gone. On, and I don't know if it's going, I don't think it's going the right direction, but it's mm. more like uh, shooting schedules have condensed. Yeah. Like if we can make some the same TV show in less time and pay less people, they will. Yeah. And that's nothing to do with the people who um, create the TV shows. That's yeah. nothing to do with the people that work on the TV shows. That all has to do with like executives at the top, yeah. like how much money they want to spend and when they want to program it. So like, Farmer Wants a Wife used to be shot over like two, three months or something, and it got shot in a month. Yeah, and so you're meant to like fall in love with someone when you literally see them like a couple of times a week. Yeah, for for maybe and maybe like twenty minutes by yourself. <laughs> so. So like it's um so yeah it kind of and I think actually I feel like it's not just reality TV like I know drama schedules have been yeah. like pushed like it's just kind of getting more like got to churn it out 
And then people are like, well, why isn't Australian TV as good? And it's like, well, there's... Yeah. They don't want to spend the money on it. And it's supply so, and demand. Yeah, like. they don't want to spend the money. And so... And you get, like, gems that fall through. And that's usually when you've got a creator who's been around a really long time. Yeah. But, like, first timers, it's really hard to... um, Unless they're, like... Unless... No one really cares about it and they kind of get to do their own thing for a bit. Like, um, like I would say Please Like Me kind of actually changed. Like, a lot more of that kind of show kind of got yeah. developed a little bit. But, like, um, and it's kind of crazy that that show got to explore what it got to explore at that, like... At that time. At that time, like, no one was really talking about that much in terms of... No one was really exploring that kind of side of mental health and also, like, that um, that journey yeah. that that his character was going on. So, yeah, I... It's just, yeah, whenever people, like, badmouth Australian TV and film, and it's easy because there's a lot of bad stuff, but also... There's a lot of bad American Australia yeah. TV and film. There's a lot of bad UK TV and film. Like There's a lot of bad shows everywhere. I think like we're also <laughs> falling into the reboots or continuation territory. Like, yeah. I mean, the one thing I noticed in the last 10 years was like suddenly all these shows that were long yeah. gone had resurgence. Yeah. Um, like British sitcoms that were very funny in their time. Yeah. Suddenly they were like, we've just got the actors alive. Would they come back to be in their sixties yeah. playing the same characters they yeah. played in their thirties? And yeah. it's like they're kind of not the same because the comedy doesn't work. Like one of my favorite shows growing up was Red Dwarf. Uh, yeah. And, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a bit weird when and they the, and they came back to do a few more seasons. And I've watched them, and they're not as funny as they were when they were yeah. younger because the comedy worked with it being like a you know three stooges or yeah. you know a group of nitwits in space who were in their 30s and you could yeah. get away with half their jokes yeah. the fact that they were trying to do it now seems like they never developed and yeah. that's the problem like that's a really good point it's like the problem is you're having all these characters never change mm-hmm. and but as audience members we do change so a lot of the content yeah. doesn't like it's like they brought sea change back and yeah, that was a weird was, decision it was a different show as well like they didn't um, and I actually think when Sea Change existed, mm. it it was a weird show then. Like the yeah. comedy was very like very dry. It was and it was also like extremely silly, and it it was kind of the pace of it was quite slow. Yeah, and when they brought it back, you can tell like editing styles have changed. So, um, and what did it come back? Did it was on seven or nine? I think it came back on nine. Anyway. It was um, an ABC show originally. It was an ABC show originally. So, like, usually most things on seven and nine are cut quite quickly. Yeah. And they, call, they call it, like, wham-bam editing. Wham-bam. Yeah, because they've got ad breaks and stuff. Yeah, they've got to get through it. And, like, um, you can't do that editing style on every type of show. And, and typically, like, seven and nine are usually... Ha- are not very good with <laughs> written shows. Like no, they're, they're not. not. They they because they they used to be, but then they stopped caring about it, kind of thing. I, it's not making money for yeah. them. Yeah, like it, I guess what nine had like 
Doctor Doctor and Channel Seven had Pack to the Rafters and Pack to and yeah, oh, sorry. they still and have Neighbors and Home and Away, but like yeah, like and Back to the Rafters about like come out at this point, but that's also oh, yeah. another resurgence, you know. <laughs> yeah, and I think. Yeah, it, it's so true because I, you know, I worked for both companies and in turn, like I've worked majority in the news like mm-hmm. field, which is complete like rinse and repeat for most like shows, yeah. to be honest. Like all news except for SBS and ABC. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even those two probably quite blend over quite similarly to each other. Yeah. But yeah, like ABC, I'm uh, sorry, 7, 9 and 10, all the same. They're all the same in terms of program output and yeah. just like... And the funny thing is, like, you'll hear, you know, people say, who have worked for the company, they're like, no, we're different. I'm like, half your employees are X9 yeah. and half your employees are X7. No yeah. wonder you're all merging. <laughs> it's yeah. just, it's a crossover thing. It's entirely because the industry isn't that big. Yeah. And we all end up working for the same stations, which is kind yeah. of a running joke. Yeah. Um, but then you realize that all the people making the decisions came from other companies originally and therefore, you know, just taking yeah. those decisions over with them. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. It's just the same people moving around. Yeah. And then not. It be- makes it become a bit stale and it makes. But they're aware of the issue as well. Like, it's not like they're not aware. They, it's interesting. Yeah. Because I feel like in, in executive decisions, they're aware of the fact that it's becoming stale. They just don't know what to do about it to change yeah, it. I, I, yeah, because I think about like Channel 9 or at least the owners of Channel 9 have Stan, but 7 has nothing. Well, it has 7 Plus. And it's not, oh, like... no, it's not good. <laughs> I don't like 7 Plus. And I'm sorry to anyone who... I'm sorry, who, Seven. Like, you were so behind on the digital and streaming plat. They were... they, And I'm sure people at Seven will admit this. They were the last to kind of get there. Yeah. Like, even 10 play is better than Seven. I can't watch anything on Seven Plus. And I... Seven Plus. I just can't. It's just too The Olympic high weeks, highlights were Oh, the my God. <laughs> that's, that's all I watched. And I still found that very difficult <laughs> to find where I was going in that Um... So half the time it wouldn't log in, like yeah. you're like it wouldn't open. <laughs> it was like, is this a congestion? Yeah, problem? like ABC <laughs> and SBS were like way ahead of the game. Like their apps are so much better than. When the- was it though? When you remember when Optus took um the World Cup or something, mm. and they they fucked it up. Like yeah, they, they did. <laughs> they did, <laughs> and they were barred from doing it. Like I feel like it's funny. It's funny. Yeah, they they were like, oh. We'll put it on TV. Yeah. <laughs> we'll let SBS do a bit of it. Cause, yeah. Because we messed up. <laughs> it's, but it's the same thing. Like, Seven will, like, does incredibly well with v- viewership in terms of, like, broadcasting the Olympics. It does yeah. incredibly well. But in terms of its Seven highlight reel or anything mm. like that, I'll, I'm best finding that on YouTube, to be honest, because it's so much easier to watch it on YouTube because the clip <laughs> doesn't fuck up halfway through. And... I don't, unfortunately, I don't know anyone who works in those departments who works in the maintaining that software and anything, mm-hmm. but if I did, I'd personally probably tell them that, which <laughs> sounds really judgmental because I, I used to know a lot of people who worked for Stan and, yeah. and stuff like that. And so, you know, I agree. Stan is such a usable software. It's, it's like interface is easy. Mm-hmm. I feel like if you were to go in any television um, and look at your apps. It'd be like Amazon Prime and Seven Plus on par, and how bad they Am- can be. Amazon, what are you doing? <laughs> to be fair, the Amazon website is also yeah. Like, it's a shocker. It's like. a shock. We 
People use it. It's you know, but not, let's, it's let's, not easy. <laughs> let's let's be honest. The 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 guy who is the billionaire of Amazon wanted to get into a phallic shaped rocket oh, and yeah. fly to the That's sky. So funny. <laughs> and that was the most exciting thing he's done all year. Like so funny. <laughs> but I mean, like I think, yeah, I hundred percent agree with you in terms of like Australian content and stuff. I feel we are in this stagnant. Thing. And I think it's interesting because, you know, like Chris Hemsworth's trying to bring a whole bunch of movie scenes to Australia, mm. which is great for in terms of our cinema industry. But what about our television? Like, because I feel like we're so behind what, you know, like Disney's trying to do and what oh, like, yeah. Netflix is trying to do. Yeah. They're trying to push things to be TV shows that are like cinema. Yeah. And we're going, eh, it's still TV. <laughs> Why? Yeah. Well, like, I, I guess... Like, because it has nothing to do with location because, nah. look, I didn't watch Nine Perfect Strangers, but that was shot here. Like, uh, yeah. there's so many things that have now Marvel shot here. Like, you can't say that it's like... Marvel's moving some of their studio stuff Yeah, here. they've taken over. Like, um, I know, like, so many um, people have been moved out because Fox Studios is basically... Marvel Hub Marvel now. Hub now. So, um... So it's not it's definitely not the location. No. And it's not the talent or the in terms of like the workforce because they're the ones crewing all those yeah. films. So it there's something it it's just because we only basically <laughs> have four channels, like five channels and that's it. And so I was about to say, which one are you not acknowledging? <laughs> I was like, what am I? <laughs> <laughs> That's an existential crisis right there. Um, um, so, and look, it'll it'll be interesting to see where it goes and like the fact that Netflix has finally got someone, yeah. an Australian kind of, like, it's not that like Australian content is watched on it. Like um, the ABC struck gold with, love on the spectrum like yes. that show then went on netflix and was a global sensation like yeah. i remember listening to podcasts like in america and the uk and they would like have you watched love on the spectrum yet and i'm like are they talking about that abc show that was literally made for nothing because it's a, just a doco on like yeah these amazing people and um yeah so i feel like they the excuses, I think it's more that it's just the same people in charge. The same people get the get the opportunities. And yeah. so then you get the same kind of story because, um, yeah, we only kind of like to celebrate certain types of people. So... We're very limiting. <laughs> we're very limiting. Like, we don't... We have success... Like, um, what's his name? James Wan... Yeah, he's, he's super successful, guys. Like I, he's insanely successful, and no one talks about that he's Australian. No, <laughs> like, he's no one mentions it. He's so successful. Yeah, he has so many franchises. So many, like I remember, like when you know, like Saw came out, mm. and I remember like going, "Oh, okay, everyone's raving about this yeah. film," and then it turned into a torture porn franchise. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the first one yeah, is yeah. really good. Yeah. Like, it's really solid. Yeah. It's creepy. Yeah. It's unsettling. And it's weird. Yeah. Um, and, but then also, he, like, every film he's ever done, 
he's always gone, I'm going to sprinkle a little bit of yeah. myself into this. Like yeah. you got that from The Conjuring. Yeah. Um, and he is one of the people that hasn't really gone and felt like he's not genuine in anything yeah. he's ever done. I agree. Um, because like I really enjoyed, like everyone can shit on DC if they want, but I really enjoyed Aquaman mostly for him yeah. because he had fun with it yeah, and he knew he what he wanted he to did. do with it. Yeah. And that's why um, he's like him doing Aquaman too. I'm like, mm. cool, I'll go and watch that because I'm intrigued to what he would do. Yeah. But I feel like also like he's had a film called Malignant out, mm. which everyone has said is batshit insane. And it's like, okay, well, that sounds that like James sense. Wan. <laughs> you know, like the guy just literally, I swear, him and his wife just sit there and just write out kooky ideas yeah. and just go, fuck it, yeah, this is great. Um, but yeah, he's just... He is this guy who just grew up loving film yeah. and he has always loved film and he's loved um, horror. He's a huge horror nut and yeah. it really shows in what he understands. But he's also like the Sam Raimi. Like mm. you look at Sam Raimi's work, who isn't, he is American obviously, yeah. but he has made some great indie horror mm. and then suddenly made some really successful mm. big budget films. But he also knows how to work by the book yeah. and do his own things. Like yeah. he's very, he can do both. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you don't, yeah, no one talks about James Wan because he's fucked off like, to America. Because that's the only way he was going to get successful, yeah. unfortunately. Like unle- uh, I'm going to say it, like unless you're, you're white and good looking, you're not going to like really be the face of Australian. No. Um, you're not going to be the poster no. child. Like, um, oh, what's that actress who's in? Uh, <laughs> this is good. <laughs> nice guessing game. <laughs> uh, there's a show on stand that's got Daniel Radcliffe in it. Oh. And it's got Steve Buscemi in it. And she is also in it. <laughs> I don't know which girl you're talking about. There's many of them. No, it, well, she's. Uh, and she was in. Uh, Cl- Clockwork Orange. I was like, that's an old film. Uh, she was in um, Cock Blockers. Oh, I think I know who yeah, you're talking about. Yeah, and she's yeah. In, she, um, but she said she had to get out of Australia to be successful because, and so many have said this because no one would put that face on, like no one would, no one would take a chance on her kind of thing. Wow. So, and that there's actually a lot of actors like that who are not. The traditional mold of what's on Australian TV, even in reality TV. Oh, okay. Her name is uh, Geraldine. Yeah, um, that's it. This one thun, I think, is how yeah, you pronounce. I, I probably sure. butchered that. I know. Horrendously. Need to learn those sounds. Put those sounds in yeah. your mouth. <laughs> um, but no, she. Yeah, interesting. Okay. Yeah, I mean, like, absolutely. This is the thing as well. If you, I agree with you 100%. If you are white, you're Kofa <laughs> in Australian television. It's, yeah. But I mean, also, I just, yeah, they're like, no one really considers people of color. And I, I noticed that was something like we were trained, like subconsciously trained because you never saw it in yeah. television. And so people still do it because they've never seen it and they're going, you know, ah, oh, like, yeah. But uh-huh. it's like when you think about like who who are the big uh, Australian actors that you know and yeah, people everyone go, goes Jeffrey Rush or yeah Nicole Kidman Hugo Weaving Chris Hemsworth yeah yeah there's a, there's a similar thread you got going on yeah. there no one and um yeah no one even 
um, thinks of anyone else. And it's kind of, um, it's kind of, uh, crazy and, incom- and, and like, there's nothing wrong. All those people are, are like talented in their own yeah. right. So there's, it's hard when it's like, it's just, there needs to be more. If there's yeah. more, then there's more opportunities. If you, if you have like, um, if you, yeah, if there's more content, then there's more opportunities, and then, then a lot of um shows like even if they have all those people, will still fail. So yeah. the good thing about streaming as well and all that is like everyone kind of has a choice, yeah, of what to do. So it's it's also interesting that we all our shows lead with white characters as well, mm. and that's something that I wish we didn't do. Yeah, like um. Growing up, there was a lot of Dreamtime stuff on the ABC. There was a lot yeah. of animation, which was great. Yeah. And they don't have that anymore. They've sort of, like, gone away over the years. But that was, like, the pinnacle of just interesting television. And then, but, you know, there was also a lot of the times where it was, like, the Aboriginal elder is the person who gives you advice in this mm. kid's show. And it's, like, why was that the case? Why isn't <laughs> the main character just is an Aboriginal person? Like... Yeah, like well, or indigenous in any kind of regard, yeah. but they just they don't do that. No, it's actually it actually makes me excited that um, Netflix. I know, and going back to the reboot thing, but yeah. Netflix is Netflix is bringing back Heartbreak High. What I'm excited about is that they're make they're turning an Australian show and they're targeting it to the best kind of market, which is teen girls. <laughs> Now, I don't know if you've heard, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you've heard this, it? but teen girls rule the world. Teen girls decide everything. Teen girls decide what's popular and what's not. I have heard this. Yes, I read it in a I magazine know. somewhere. Oh, isn't it great? Yeah. I think it's... And then when I read it, I was like, that is so true. Like, teen girls literally decide every trend. Yeah. Just a little bit before and you make fun of them for it. But they, they know what's... They... they they move the money around. That's so like I'm so excited that an Australian show is going is being marketed to them. And yeah. and in terms of an Australian show that's actually showing so many different types of Australian people. Yeah. Cause I'm like, I think the biggest thing is Australia still has this one very singular image of Crocodile Dundee and Steve Irwin that's like yeah, even stayed though Steve Irwin's like not been around for so no, it's but it stayed with us for yeah so long that and um that it's kind of good that they're getting what and also like listening to different types of Australian accents yes. as well and like, <laughs> like not just ochre accents. So it's kind of I'm like oh this could actually be something. Whereas um like we wanna we wanna be like. This could be our kind of crown moment. Like wow. We could, okay. Or, or hopefully, like Euphoria or something like that, or like Pretty Little Liars or yeah, whatever. All those shows. Like, if that becomes popular, then they'll want more Australian content, and that's <laughs> come on, Heartbreak Give us <laughs> do Heartbreak. It for, do it for the rest of us. Oh my god! <laughs> Just for your Heartbreak High. Just everyone watch Heartbreak High. Just everyone watch it. It'll be fun. It'll be it'll be so melodramatic, and you'll love it. <laughs> Is that your only reason? You're like, mm, heartbreak high. Everyone watch it. Everyone, no, look. 
I I don't know. I don't even was, know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I, it, you know, the thing, though, is, like, I totally agree with, like, the fact that, you know, resurgence of... Because I think that's great also that Heartbreak High is, like, coming back and there's more Australian content on Netflix. Yeah. Um, but if they brought Crocodile Dundee back then, I'd be like, that's a step well, backwards. Well, they already did. Yeah, with that ad campaign. <laughs> they already did. And then he did his own little weird film where he was himself and yeah. crocodile done yeah that was a weird can well. i can i just say when celebrities do that where they like do a film about them like the real version of themselves and the character that played it's a weird scenario of like how egotistical do you need to make to do yeah how ego stroking do you need maybe you just needed money yeah <laughs> all the time when you say that you're like oh I guess you, he needed some money. You know, he? though, th- it's interesting that Chris Hemsworth is like as powerful as he is now. Yeah. Because the, the it might be a consensus, but he's not the best actor. No. In in Hollywood, he's okay. He's okay. I actually think he's better at comedy than he is um, serious. Yeah. Serious. I think because uh, he uh, plays into his he plays against his physical appearance yeah and that's quite and that always works for him um and i think he actually has pretty good comic timing Mm. i think from a drama perspective sometimes he just doesn't look and i think it's the same as like someone like the rock and he just doesn't look physically like a normal person anymore. no they look like goliath yeah so it's like it's like you don't exist in real life. So how can I <laughs> like, like um actually I just watched on the weekend I just watched Jungle Cruise. Oh, was it good? Oh no, it was not. <laughs> I didn't expect it would be. I expected it would be a train wreck. I, I'm I'm gonna spoil it a little bit. Um, but the rock plays a Spanish conquistador. <laughs> But he, he's not he's Spanish. Not, he's not Spanish in the slightest. And it's just funny that he's like, yes. Uh, and they put a wig on him. And it's and it, I'm like, you could. there are so many actors that speak Spanish or who are Spanish that you could have used that could have been. But because but, uh, The Rock makes so much money. Yeah. And he's in everything nowadays. He's in everything. But it was, it was, it was, it was literally, it felt like a movie where they just, there was at least 20 riders on it or something. Yeah. Like, that's what it felt like. Like, he, the whole way through the movie, he just kept calling Emily Blunt lady. He never, I think he only called her by her name, like, twice. Yeah, it's he a- just go like, hey, lady. Or he'd call her, hey, pants. What are you doing over there? <laughs> like, He's a real misogynist <laughs> of the era. Like, hey, pants. Well, to be, look, in the movie, Massive, oh, wait, you too- massive spoilers for Jungle Cruise, but uh, he's he's uh, immortal, so he's been oh. around for like 100 years. Um, Hang on, is it explained why he's immortal? Yeah, it is explained. Why oh, he's okay, immortal. thank God. Otherwise, that would have been just like, huh? Yeah, random fact that you need to <laughs> no, know. He's just, and he's immortal. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like that was because I wouldn't put it past Dwayne Johnson's characters. Like, no, that's kind of like the big twist in it that he's immortal. I'm sorry, I'm just guys. Spoilers here. Yeah, honestly, you'll watch it and you still won't understand. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. It's just anyway. Um, But yes, Chris Hemsworth is kind of 
in that kind of vein. I think yeah. he's a better actor than The Rock, obviously. But um, yeah, The Rock has one facial freak. Uh, I think. Uh, I think. Yeah, Chris Hemsworth. I haven't seen him in uh, a lot of drama, and I felt like he couldn't do, let's say, what like um, Hugh Jackman and Heath Ledger can do, where where it was like switching between the two yeah. of like that big man and then not being that. And I feel like Hugh Jackman has worked very hard to not be Wolverine yeah. anymore. But um, oh, so Hugh Jackman is. An actual actor. <laughs> as, oh, shots fired. <laughs> as, as savage as that is, I would give it. Like, it's like people going, you know, the, the Australians' actual actors, like, would be like people like Margot Robbie, mm. who is actually an actor. Um, it, it's funny. I, the f- I have such a memory of Margot Robbie in uni when I was sick What and I was watching home and away oh yeah and her like yoga scene she was terrible on home and away <laughs> she is 100 percent terrible in home and away like she is not acting well in home and away and then suddenly she comes out more from wall street and you're like where was that this whole time you know but the, over the years like i think when i watched i Tonya and stuff yeah. like that stuff that she's actually worked hard on you yeah. suddenly see that it's like you're not. You're actually good at what you do. Yeah, you're not yeah, yeah. shit. No. Um. But yeah, you watch Home and Away. Although I will say this: Chris Hemsworth is the same as in yeah, Home and yeah. Away. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, yeah. He just walks in and goes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And he's slightly thinner. He's less buff. Yeah. Um, and the funniest thing was, I remember an interview. He was like, "Oh yeah, when I did Thor, I had to do bench presses." And I'm like, "You had to do bench presses before that yeah. because you cannot be no, that you ripped." Can't look- no, and to be honest, it'll be interesting to see what where he goes yeah. after he stops being Thor. Yes. Because that's when it'll be, it, it'll it be if he goes, he'll go one of two paths and he could go like a Matthew McConaughey path of a, we could get a Hemsworthison's, no, his name doesn't work with no. <laughs> Renaissance. Oh my God, <laughs> but thank you so much for joining No, me. thank you. This has been fun. I didn't think we would talk about half the stuff we did. And yeah, sorry if I did drone on about. I loved that you droned <laughs> on about, Alan. Yeah, it's it's my world. So I don't get to talk about it that much with someone who actually knows yeah. what I'm talking about. <laughs> and yeah. where can people stalk you on the internet? Where oh, do they find don't. You? Oh, don't. I don't. I'm an editor. You don't need to find <laughs> me. <laughs> I don't even. I'm such a bad. This is like I don't even have a website. I'm so terrible. Uh I I haven't I I don't know. I'm I'm basically non existent <laughs> <laughs> on social media, like I guess. Um you can actually well look, I'm gonna spruit you can look up uh uh the musical on hold if you wanna watch something that uh I've edited. I believe it's up now, you can watch the whole thing. Ooh. Um, and you can also, uh, follow, I'm going to just spruik Jake. You can, um, uh, if you look up Jake Nielsen, um, anything he's done, I've pretty much edited. He recently last year did a boomer rap, which was- A boomer rap. It was so much fun. Just imagine, well, three young people (laughs) dressed up as old people rapping about boomer things, but it's shot like a 90s uh, hip hop video. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <laughs> what? So guys, look, 
<laughs> just look just look up boomer rap it's on youtube it's on instagram it's on tiktok it's on facebook it's on all the things but if you want to find um, alana anywhere else you are <laughs> i'm a pretty private person like editors don't tend to like yeah i'm so <laughs> i'm so bad i don't know I feel like I'm like a lot of people. It's like, yeah, I've been making my website for... Uh, the last 20 years. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much it. I'll get my showreel together eventually. <laughs> like, so, um, like, you can look me up, but you won't find much. <laughs> um, you can find me on LinkedIn, but I haven't added to it for the last five years. <laughs> there you so, go. I'm so sorry. I'm, yeah, it's not... Um, yeah, you can listen to an old podcast I used to do. Uh, it was called Watching Scared. There is 50 episodes. Oh, it. there you go. Uh, me and my husband used to... Uh, I'm, I don't really like horror movies and I'd never really watched any and then we watched them. He loves horror movies and we watched them together. So you can basically, if you if you feel like listening uh, to someone it actually had a scream cut in there so we'd record me watching it and all the sounds that i would make during it so you can look up watching scared it's i think it's still up on soundcloud um (laughs) (laughs) see this is this is what happens when you get people who aren't actors and directors it's like where can we find you a list of things you can email me <laughs> oh my god here's my address here's my bank details what more do you want you freak? yeah imagine if you get on a sound editor there'll be nothing <laughs> like, like, i don't exist it's like uh, no it's foley, <laughs> yeah, it's foley. It's like- <laughs> you get a foley if you manage to get a foley artist actually out of the studio <laughs> And into the wild. Well done, first of all. And if they have any form of social media, I will be very impressed. (laughs) If they have any website or anything. That, yeah, the other TV shows I've worked on, they don't need to. (laughs) But that's, that's, yeah, that's pretty much it. And just look out for, yeah, the editor's name isn't usually on many things. (laughs) What do you think about it? If you do see Alana's name on stuff, you'll be like, "Yeah, watch it, watch it, watch, watch it. it," and be like, "I wonder what program she used." <laughs> <laughs> is it Avid? Is it Premiere? Or is it Final Cut X? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But no, thank you. No, that's um, all right. And if you want to go and check out more episodes of Things We Do, you can check them out on Apple and Spotify. I'll be chatting with another guest next week, and I'll speak to you all later. Goodbye. Goodbye.